All right, so we're learning Daf Lamed. We're starting right at the top of the, uh, right at the top of the Amud. So what happened was, is that the Mishra had discussed that there's a din that you don't blow the shofar necessarily on Shabbos. And we found out that it was only in a big problem that they said, if we allow you to blow the shofar, you may come to carry the shofar to an expert to learn how to blow. So therefore they said you're not supposed to blow on Shabbos. However, the, uh, they allowed people to blow around the basin. So that we had a, a dispute exactly what it was. Um, but we ultimately, we, the, the last Chachamim's opinion was that we said that kind of depends. In Yerushalayim, any, any, anywhere, anywhere that was part of Yerushalayim was allowed to blow. And then when they after the Korban and the, the Sanhedrin went to Yavna, so there was this new Tachanus Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai, then anywhere at any place where there's a, a sense of a basin, uh, an established basin, then they're allowed to blow there. But the Mishnah had mentioned that, that this Yerushalayim had a greater, broader scope of where you were allowed to blow than in Yavna. In Yerushalayim, it was anything that was part of Yerushalayim, and it was Yavna, it was only, only the basin. That was the language of the Mishnah. So the Gemara is going to clarify exactly in the technicalities where, where in Yavna you're allowed to blow, when in Yavna you're allowed to blow. But again, this is all in the times when the basin was there. Sanhedrin moved to Yavna, and there was a special permit from the Rabbanon to blow uh, even on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, Amr Avunah, top of the Amr, in basin. The, the blowing has to be done with the basin. So even though you're a Yachid and you're blowing, right, it's not only Pshat that the, you know, the one who, who's the leader of the basin can blow. Yeah, individuals can blow as well, but they have to be blowing with the basin. So what does that mean, with the basin? My Vim basin, what is the point of Ravuna that has to be with basin? The basin. It's about location. It means in the presence of the basin. Which means you're not allowed to blow outside the presence of basin. So in other words, here we're talking about, let's say, even in, in, even in Yafna, where we're allowing, there's an existence of a basin. But that's not matter that anyone can blow in the city. The idea is that it has to be done in the presence of the basin. That's the point that Rafuna is making. So the Gemara says, Mazav Rava, what, what did the Mishnah say first? What did the Mishnah say? That there was one additional point that Yerushalayim was greater than Yavna. And we says that for Yerushalayim, any, any, any suburb of Yerushalayim can blow as well. And in Yavna, it's only Yavna. So my v'odzos, what did the Mishnah mean in the language that there's also, this is also something. And the implication is that there's something that went without saying. And then this is an additional factor. So Ilam Kedikhtani, if it only means to teach, if it only means to teach the way that it says, that Yerushalayim was mutter in the suburbs and Yavna wasn't, Zosmi Baile. Then it just should have said the language, it just should have said the language that this, it didn't have to say Va'oid Zois, saying Va'oid Zois is mashma, that there's something else besides this. So what else besides this do we have? Maybe what you'll say what it means is that in Yerushalayim, even individuals are allowed to blow. And you're, maybe you'll tell me that in Yavna, only the leader of the basin is allowed to blow, but, 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 but a single person is not allowed to blow at all. But that's not true. Is it true that in Yavna, a single individual is not allowed to blow? When Yosef came to Babel, he said, When the Shliat Tzibor was finished blowing the shofar on Shabbos and Yavna, meaning when the main person in Shul finished, a person couldn't hear any sounds because he was so deafened by the sounds, by the noise of everybody blowing their own shofars. Meaning we see that the practice was in Yavna, everybody would bring their shofar to, to, to the based in Shul. 
and the Shliat Sibor would daven, and then like, boom, there would be an explosion of noise from all the individuals who were blowing the shofar. So we clearly see that in Yavna also individuals are allowed to blow. So it can't be that the Mishnah means that, that, that there's a, it can't be that the Mishnah is alluding to another discrepancy that in Yerushalayim, everybody blows, and in Yavna only the basin blows, because we know that everybody's allowed to blow in Yavna also. So what is this mysterious difference that is greater about Yerushalayim than Yavna. Again, the Mishnah said there's an additional difference that in Yerushalayim even the suburbs are allowed to blow on Shabbos and in Yavna only in Yavna. But what, it said that that's the additional discrepancy. What's the basic discrepancy? The Mishnah only alluded to it. The Mishnah didn't say what it is. So we're trying to figure out what it is. So it, it cannot be... So far, we've narrowed out the possibility of it saying that in Yerushalayim, individuals can blow, and in Yavna, individuals cannot blow, because we know that individuals can blow in Yavna as well. So what could it be? Elav, it must be. If Yerushalayim, taking Beim is man basin, Beim Shalob is man basin. It must be that it means like this. In Yerushalayim, any time during the day, you're allowed to blow. No matter whether the basin is the time that they're sitting, they're not sitting, their court is in session, it's not in session, it doesn't make a difference. Any time on Rosh Hashanah, which is Shabbos, you're allowed to blow. Ubi Yavne, Bizman Basin in, Shalom Bizman Basin low. In Yavne, you're only allowed to blow during the time when the court is in session. But if the court is not now currently, the time of day is not the time that they sit, let's say that they have their hours 8 to 1, you're not allowed to blow at 2 p.m. The idea would be that you, you can only blow during the time when the court is in session. If that's what the Mishnah is alluding to, then we can infer, the implication then would be that as long as I'm blowing during the time that the court is sitting, I can blow anywhere even if I'm not in the presence of the basin. And this is a question our Rafuna said. So let's make a summary of what's going on here because it's a little bit complicated, all the variables. We know that Rosh Hashanah generally the Rabbanon aren't going to let, aren't going to allow people to blow the shofar. We know they're making a, a, a special leniency in for basin. We know in Yerushalayim it's a greater leniency, even the suburbs are included, and we know that Yavne is a smaller leniency, the suburbs are not included. The Mishnah alluded to a further difference, but it didn't say what it was. We know that it cannot mean that individuals cannot blow in Yavna. We know that that's not true. We know that Yechidim are allowed to blow the shofar in Yavna as well. So what is the extra difference between Yerushalayim and Yavna? The Gemara right now wants to interpret that what it means is that in Yerushalayim, you're allowed to blow at any time during the day. And in Yavna, you're only allowed to blow during the time when the court is in session. That's the interpretation which we feel the Mishnah is alluding to. If that's true, the implication then is that as long as you're blowing during the court session, it doesn't make a difference where you are blowing. And that now is a question on Rav Huna. Rav Huna said that you're allowed to blow in Yavna only in the court. You have to be in the presence of the court. Again, the point is that the court, when you're around the court, right, the context of the court, less issues are going to come about caring. That's the whole idea behind it. But the Gemara is trying to figure out the technicalities of it. Does it have to be in front of the basin, or is it enough that it's at the time that the basin sits, and then you can blow anywhere in Yavna? So we have a question on Rav Huna, and the Gemara says a quite obvious answer. Low. Really... Maybe even in Yerushalayim also, you're only allowed to blow when the basin is in session. But the, but the point that the Mishnah is alluding to is that you'll be Yerushalayim token, baby, if they basin, Mishnah, if they basin. In Yerushalayim, you can blow whether you're in front of the basin or not. It'll be Yavna, if they basin, Mishnah, if they basin, low. In Yavna, you can only blow in front of the basin. That's the further discrepancy that the Mishnah is alluding to. The point of Rav Huna himself, that in Yavna, you can only blow in front of the court. So maybe really what Rav Huna said is true. In Yavna, it's only mother to blow in the presence of the court. And uh, the discrepancy, that is goofa with the further discrepancy between 
it in Yerushalayim is. In Yerushalayim, you can blow even outside of the presence of the court. So we've defended Rav Huna's statement, and the halacha that the Gemara is trying to suggest is, is, is strong, that in Yavna, when we allow people to blow, they could blow. Even Yechidim could blow on Shabbos, but that has to be done in the presence of the court. All right. Now the Gemara is going to give us a different version of Rav Huna's statement, and it's going on a completely different halacha altogether. Some people teach Rav Huna's statement going on a completely different discussion. The Pasuk says, You should blow the shofar throughout the land. So where is this Pasuk? The Pasuk is talking about Yom Kippur of Yevil. There's a mitzvah, again, that we blow the shofar to free the slaves and we announce freedom in the land. So we didn't know this. I don't think this is something that we've ever learned, but it's a tremendous chedish. The fact that the language of the Pasuk is it should be throughout your land, it means that Every individual has to blow the shofar. You're aware of that? I wasn't. I'm so aware. I thought it was always based in Dika Halacha, based in Dazim. Says the Gemara, no. Based upon the language of the Pasuk, every individual should blow the shofar on Yom Kippur. Tavir Shofar B'chol Arts, B'chol Arts, throughout your land. So on that day, once that price says, now comes along Rapuna, Marapuna Vim based in, private individuals are only supposed to be blowing with the based in. Now, what did my Vim based in? What does it mean that individuals are blowing with the basin? Bizman basin. That means that they're only trusted to blow during the time when the basin is in session. It means to exclude outside the time of the basin session, they're not allowed to blow. According to this version, he's not talking about Rosh Hashanah Shachalios Peshavas, right? The first version was talking about Rosh Hashanah Shachalios Peshavas, and he was saying you, where you're allowed to do it in Yavna, but in, with the Beitin, we said it means in front of the court. Now we're talking about a different, according to the Ikadam, we're talking about something else completely entirely. We're talking about blowing the shofar in Yovo, and we're talking about the din that every Yachid blows. Rav Huna is saying you do it with the court, and we're interpreting Rav Huna to mean not that you have to do it in the court. It doesn't mean that. It can't mean that, because over here, Gufa, the Dalach is you do it b'chol artzachem, wherever you are. That's the whole point. But rather, in this, the ikadamasni, what it's saying is you can blow it only during the time when the court is in session. So in basin means something different in the first Lashon and the second Lashon. Not only is it different about what it's talking about. In the first Lashon, we're talking about Rosh Hashanah of Shabbos. The second Lashon, we're talking about Yom Kippur. But it's also different what the words in basin mean. In the first interpretation of in basin, Rav Huna was saying you can only blow in the court. In the second interpretation, when it's talking about the Yovel, it's saying in basin you can only blow at the time that the court is, um, at the time that the court is, is, is in session. Okay, so this is the point. This din that you blow, everyone should blow the court, the shofar on Yom Kippur is on, of Yovel. It should only be done by private individuals when the court is sitting. What does it help to do a dafka when the court is sitting? Obviously, it's a drabana, right? We don't want to come and make mistakes. I guess it's like a certain awareness, a certain cognizance. It restricts people when what, and it gives them a higher, just a higher. They're more careful. I don't know. It's hard to say you can only blow in front of the court is more understandable. How that drabana, you know, restriction helps. The time of the court is a little bit. More, a little trick here. Okay. So the Gemara says, Masiv Rava. Rava asked Rav Huna from the Brisa. The Brisa says, the shofar of Rosh Hashanah and of Yovel, Dochas HaShabbos Begulin, overrides the Shabbos Begulin, meaning it will be blown outside of the base of Mikdash on Shabbos, both on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur of the Yovel year. And the Brisa goes on to say, Ish Ubeso, it's a man and his house. My issue base. What does it mean that it can be done by a man and his house? He limit ish show. Maybe it means a man and his wife, like his house, meaning his wife. Both him and his wife are obligated to blow the shofar. But that's not, certainly not true. It's a me mechayv is a woman obligated to blow the shofar. my grandma. my grandma. A time bound mitzvah women are potter from, and that and that includes both shofar and Rosh Hashanah and the shofar on Yovah. It cannot be that the brides are saying that they should be doing such a thing. 
Elolav, what does it mean, Ishu Beso? It means Ish Bib Beso. That the shofar is blown by each person in his house. Afilu Shalob is my basin. This should apply even outside the time of the basin. So what in the world is going on here? Let's just try to make sure we understand. We're talking about Rosh Hashanah, Shachalas, Peshavas, and we're talking about Yom Kippur and Yovo. And the bride is saying that everybody should blow in their own house. That the bride's rabbi, uh, uh, the idea is that everyone has a chiv to blow the shofar, but Chazal said, don't blow the shofar in shul. We're scared, who knows what's going to happen, people are going to carry stuff, whatever. Everyone, the Chazal made a din, everyone should blow the shofar in their house. Why did they say that? There was a new din that they said, a new way of getting around the problem of carrying. They legislated that everybody should blow, but dafka privately. It's a chiv for everybody to blow, but uh, only should be done specifically uh, inside of their home. There's a chiv to blow, um, there's a chiyav to blow, that, that there's a chiyav specifically to, be, to do it inside of your house. So it's funny because we were learning that Chazal said, oh, only do it when there's a basin. This b'risa seems to be saying a different solution, that you should blow it specifically in your house. Was it a different time? Was it, is it a chiyav, is it a machlokas, but the Rabbana, how the Rabbana wanted to do it? Right? We learned in the Mishnah yesterday that we don't. Right? We learned that on Rosh Hashanah, we don't blow the show for B'kulun. Here it seems like suddenly today that we're discovering a b'risa that the Rabbana had a solution. The solution was, why don't we just blow uh, and, and make a takara that everyone should blow inside of their house. Interesting thing. Now, what's the Gemara's question? The Gemara's question is, if the Chazal were misakin over here, something different to do it, dafka in your house, then it's much to do it any time, even not when basin is in session. Why? Because Chazal are legislating from a different angle. They're not legislating it through the court. They're legislating it through doing it dafka in the private place. So if that's the nakuda of how the Rabbanan are solving, no one's going to carry. Why is no one going to carry? Because they're misakin, you have to do it in your house. So then once that's the takana, it wouldn't make a difference if the basin is sitting now in session, basin's not sitting in session. Islam, if the vart was that, 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 that you're only allowed to do it with the court, so then you could hear that, that if you're only supposed to do it with the court, so then, so then maybe even an individual blowing can only do it when the court is in session. Because the ikr hatzer is the fact that it's with the court. But if we're saying now that the vart is that you're mechuyiv to do it privately, then there's no reason to think that the chazal should say it should only be done when the court is in session. That's why the Gemara is asking the Ravuna. Uh, I am. I am. Okay, and let's see, because the Gemara's answer, it's not so, so different from what you're saying. The Gemara answer is, Lo, lo Olympus Mount Basin. You're only allowed to do it when the court's sitting. So what's the Gemara saying? The Gemara is responding to Rishonim explained. No, 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 you misunderstood. Remember, I was speaking out when I was reading the Bryce. It's a little problematic. The Mishnah was saying you do it with the court, and the Bryce is saying there's a new din, you blow it privately. Which one is it? The Vata the Bryce isn't saying that there's a new din to blow it privately. Really, Chazar Machayev to blow it in the court. For the Chazal, also another thing, they gave a heter to also blow it in your house. Meaning, it's not that they made a new din takana, blow it in your house. Then, of course, you can do it at any time. Chazal gave a heter also to blow it in your house. That was another way that was allowed. If that's the vart, so either the ikr heter is really to blow it with the basin. Chazal also said you're allowed to blow it if you do it privately. But can, can, can Zaina make sense that they said it should only be done when the court is in session? Because the ikr way that they mandated for the chauffeur to be blown is with the court. So again, it's just one second. Avada, don't take out of this that the next year of Rosh Hashanah and Shabbos that you should blow in your house. Avada not. That's not what we're learning. What we're learning is that Chazal were matter with the court. They also said that you could shell suit to the court. When you do it privately in your house, when the court is in session, that it can work. That's the way we're defending what we're saying. But, but Avada, there's no din in and of itself that a person is mechuyiv to blow in the court. Yeah. So the, we're saying Lamaisa everybody blows privately on, Yom, on Yovel, but it, 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 because of the fact that it's whatever it is, it's Yom Kippur and all the Shabbos restrictions are in place, it should be done when there's 
mentally court in front of you, which is in the time when court is in session. It's an interesting thing that a person is more connected to the court while the court is in session. Fine. Another catch on the second version of Rafuna. Again, the second version of Rafuna is that when the blowing of the shofar on Yovel, which every individual does, is only allowed to be done when the court is in session. So Masav Rav Sheish Shavah Yovel Rashar Lakil says the law of Yom Kippur, the Yovel year, is the same for shofar in regard to blowing the shofar. The dinam are the same, and for the brachos are the same as well. Ella, the only difference is Sheva Yovel, when it's Yovel, token vein vebeis and shikis, rachodesh vein vebeis and shalokadosh on Yom Kippur, you blow shofar if whether it was a basin that has the power to sanctify a month, right? Meaning like a big basin agado or any basin. You don't need any. It doesn't make a difference. Any, any, all basins are capable of blowing the shofar for Yehovah. Furthermore, every individual is chayev to blow the Anyom Kippur. For Rosh Hashanah, number one is you can only blow in a shofar where basin is makadosh l'kodesh, meaning you need a really prominent, significant basin. Furthermore, each individual doesn't blow. That's what the Brizer says. The Brizer says that on Rosh Hashanah each individual does not blow, whereas on Yom Kippur they do. So what does that mean? Does that mean literally? My What does it mean that on Rosh Hashanah each individual does not blow? What does that mean? Does it mean if you say it means literally that on Rosh Hashanah only the Shliach Seaborn Basin blows and no individual is permitted to blow? We know that's not true. We quoted this before. He gave us aidos about what used to happen in Yavne. When the Shliach Seaborn finished blowing in Yavne, no one could hear any sounds. It was it was an overwhelming noise because every, all the individuals started blowing. So we see that in Yavne, when Rosh Hashanah fell on Shabbos, individuals were blowing. That cannot be the intent of the bride said that Yechidim don't blow on Rosh Hashanah Shachalios for Shabbos. Elalav, what it must it mean? On Rosh Hashanah, individuals blow unrestricted. They blow whenever they want. Over Rosh Hashanah, on Rosh Hashanah, on Rosh Hashanah Shachalios for Shabbos, yes, an individual can blow, but only at the time when the court is in session. So Ketanimiya, what we want to take away is by that on Yovel, in a Yachid is allowed to blow at any time. So that's a Kash and Rav Huna. Rav Huna and the Ika, the, the Masni is saying that what? That when a Yachid, this din of blowing the shofar throughout your land that a Yachid blows is only when he's connected to the court in the sense that the court is in session. Here we see in the Brisa, seemingly... That, that's not that way. The Bryce is saying that Yovel is a greater power for the Yachid to blow. Seemingly, it means even Shalob is man based. So the Gemara says that's not what, that's not what the Bryce means. Lo, 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 is man based. Really, on Yovel, the Yachid can only blow when the court is sitting. Like Rav Huna taught. Vahachitan is what it means. By Yovel, is man based in Bokin. And during Yovel, when the basin sits, everyone can blow. Bain bifne based with Shalob is man Whether or not they're in the court. Mashenkin Rosh Hashanah, token is man based. And yes, it's true that you're allowed to blow during, during, yes, it's true that every Yachid blows, but only during the time when Basin sits, Ubifne Basin, and in front of the Basin as well. So we're coming out, there were two different versions of what Rav Huna said, and the MSA, they could both be true, because they're, they're, they're relating to two different points. The first point of Rav Huna is that the Rosh Hashanah when we allow the shofar to be blown in Yavne, Yechidim also can blow the shofar, but they can only blow the shofar in front of the court. That's point number one. And point number two in the Iga Damasni is that on Yom Kippur, there's a chiyah for each individual to blow the shofar as well. That could be even outside of the court, but it can only be done when the court is in session. Those are the two different points our Huna is making. And we're learning a very interesting point along the way from the first Brisa. And again, this is where it's 
a hard thing. We haven't really fully answered this. I'm kind of leaving this as an obvious question here. We learned one b'raisa which said that the tekiah of Rosh Hashanah and Yovel is docha Shabbos b'gvulin ish ubeso. And we said that that means that if you're not making it to the court, then you're allowed to blow in the confines of your own. If you're dafka blowing in the confines of your own, you're allowed to. That really sounds like against the first version that Ravuna said. So the Gemara doesn't ask that. You would think that the Gemara should ask from that price on the first version of Ravuna. Ravuna's first version is that a Yachid is only allowed to blow on Rosh Hashanah and Shachal Yos in front of the court. That's, that's a hard point that the Gemara does not directly address. And obviously, again, again, I'm sorry for reiterating this again and again, none of this is negev, as Manah said. Today we don't have the Sanhedrin. We don't have the basin at all. So today we have no permit whatsoever to blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, Shachal Yos you only blow the shofar when the basin is, is sitting. This is talking about Yom Kippur of Yovel. Says the Gemara by What does that mean when they're standing? The Gemara gets super technical. Let's say they stir themselves and are ready to stand up. They're ready to end the session. But Veloamdu, they haven't actually risen from their seats. Mahu, what's the halacha? At that time, could a yachid blow? Basin Yeshim Bainan, do we require that they're sitting? Vahikolamaisa, they're sitting. Oh, Dumba, Bismad Basin Bainan, it has to be that they're actually, you know, in session. Veleika, they're not in session. They already closed the binders. You know, they're, they're, about, they're not actually deliberating. So the Gemara says, take it. We don't know the answer to that. What else did we learn? That when Yerushalayim was around, even the suburbs of Yerushalayim were allowed to blow on Shabbos. That was greater than Yavna. So the Gemara explains, we said, what was a suburb? You have to be able to see, hear, you're near, and you're close enough to come to Yerushalayim. So that, what does all that mean? Roah, you could see, that means if you're in a valley. Even if you're very close to Yerushalayim, but if you're in a valley and you can't see Yerushalayim, that's not called a suburb. Shomas, you could hear probably Shomas Brojahar. That's it. Let's say you're on top of a mountain. So you could be very far away, but you could see. That also doesn't work. You have to be able to hear. It has to be within the Tchum. That's a town that's separated by a river. All those cases are not close enough. It's got to be of all the conditions met. You could see, you could hear, you're close enough, and you're able to come. Okay, so we just said one takana of Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai that he was misakin to blow on Yavna. So now we mention other takanas of Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai. Barishani lulav nitovah mikdash shiva used to be that when the base of mikdash the lulav was taken in the base of mikdash for all seven days. Only in the base of mikdash was it like that. Because what does the pasuk say? There's two different pesukim. Remember this from sukkah. You should take the mitzvah of lulav on the first day. That's universal. But then it says you're happy with the lulav in front of Hashem for seven days. That's only lifnei Hashem in the base of mikdash. So it used to be that outside of the base of mikdash the to take lulav was only one day. After the korban, you should take for all seven days of sukkah. You should take the lulav even outside the base of mikdash to remember the mitzvah of taking for all seven days. Another takana that the whole day of waving, the day of waving is a reference to the 16th day of Nisan when they used to wave the carbon omer, that it's also to eat from the new crop, from the grain, the whole 16th day of Nisan. It used to be when the base of Mikdor stood, when was it Mutter? It was Mutter once they brought the carbon omer in the morning of the 16th. But now that the base of Mikdash was destroyed, the entire day of the 16th is usher to eat the new grain. Just a little introduction. Even though we don't have the carbon today, the new grain is mutter on the 16th. Why? What's the vart? Because it's exeris akasha, which is mashma, that you're, if they don't have the omer, then you're allowed to eat it on that day. Rabbi Yochanan Zakai Stakana, though you have to wait for the whole day to finish. You're not allowed to eat it right away when the day of the 16th begins. You have to wait till the whole day finishes. We'll see where this comes from. 
First, the Gemara says, Why is there an Indian of making a Zechel HaMikdash? Meaning, like, why, why are we busy trying to remember the base of Mikdash? I'm going to make a cure for you. I'm going to heal your wounds. The word of Hashem. Why? People are calling you the, pushed, the one who's pushed away. We're saying she is Sion. Nobody cares about her. Cloud the body drishof, and the fact that the Torah says nobody cares about Zion, you see that people should be caring about Zion. So how do we care about Zion? We care about Zion by remembering it. That the day of the Naif, the 16th day of Nisan, the grain is also the whole day. My time. And what's the reason? One day the base of Mikdash would be rebuilt speedily. People are going to say, if Rabbi Yochum didn't make a takana, Ishtakad, last year, yesterday we had pancakes for breakfast on the 16th from the crop of the new grain, right? From the new grain. We had it from the morning of the 16th. Because without the base of Mikdash, technically, when is the new crop mutter? As soon as the day of the 16th comes. So, Achshav, now, we should eat from the new grain also as soon as daybreak comes. They don't realize, last year when there was no carbon omer, so it was mutter as soon as, as soon as the new day began. But now that there is an Omer, now that the base Midrash is rebuilt, Omer Matur, now we have to wait for the carbon. People will make that mistake, they're not going to realize that. So therefore, that even today, when we don't have the base of Mikdash, we have to wait until the entire day is over. We have to wait until the passing of the day of the 16th. What is exactly is the problem here? When are we concerned that something that will be rebuilt? If it's going to be rebuilt on the 16th day, sometime during the day, meaning it's going to be rebuilt, let's say, I don't know, 11 a.m., it was already mutter as soon as the day started. Again, when the Beis doesn't stand, when is it mutter? In the morning, of the, uh, as soon as daybreak comes of the 16th. So if it only gets rebuilt, let's say at 11 a.m., the grain was already mutter. That can't be the problem. Elif, David, Mechamei Yitzhar, yet to be concerned when we built, let's say, the 15th of Nisan, or earlier, where the new grain is not mutter at daybreak, but the problem is, that's not necessary to make a takana that the whole day of the 16th should be asr. It should at least be mutter at chatzos. Why? We learned in Mishnah, let's say you live far away from Yerushalayim, you don't know what time they brought the carbon omer. When are you allowed to eat? You're allowed to eat from chatzos and on. Lunchtime already, you could eat from the new grain. Why? We know that Basin is not lazy. They would for sure have brought the carbon omer by, by midday. So why does Rabbi Yochanan Zaka have to make a takana that the whole day is usher? You're not allowed to eat the grain until the day of the 16th is over. Why? If even if the base of Mishra would be rebuilt 15th or earlier, we'd be assured that it was brought by Chatzos of the 16th. So as long as past Chatzos, you're eating from the new grain, everything is fine. Why does he have to usher the whole day? So the Gemara says, We're concerned that it was built on the 15th, right before sundown. Or perhaps it was built on the night of the 16th. In those two cases, bringing the Omer might be delayed. You know, there's a lot going on. Imagine that night, the night of the 16th, the base of Mikdash is rebuilt. There's a lot going on. So for everyone basin to go cut the new grain, they didn't realize all this was happening. It's all happening in a flash. Suddenly, oh, we have to bring the Omer. So in that particular scenario, we're concerned that they won't have brought the grain by Chatzos, but won't have brought the carbon by Chatzos, and that's why Rebbe Yochum makes the Takona that the new crop is usher the entire day of the 16th. Agav, what does it say in the Gemara that you could build the base of Mikdash on on the night? It's a before Gemara. You're allowed to build it on the, on the night of the 16th. Rashi is very bothered. We have a drasha. The Gemara says, we darshan, that you're not allowed to build the base of Mikdash during the night. Rashi says that, 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 that that's not relevant to the third base of Mikdash. The third base of Mikdash will come down from heaven. It's not going to be built by human hands, and therefore it's allowed to be built at night. That is a very controversial idea. Big machlegas rishen, if that's true. Will the third base of Mikdash be rebuilt with our hands or not? But that's where Rashi gets it from in our Gemara, because it says it could be built on the night of the 16th. 
Says the Gemara, another way to understand, again, until now the Gemara has been saying that without the base of Mikdash, it's mutter when in the morning of the 16th. was No, we're scared for what will be when it will be rebuilt, so we made it takana not to build it, not to eat until after the 16th passes. Says the Gemara, he's going like Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda says the language of the Pasuk is you have to wait to eat at Etzem Hayomazeh. What does Etzem Hayomazeh mean? Until the entire day. He holds that the word until means until and including. So according to Rabbi Huda, if the Torah says, that you wait to eat the grain, it means until the entire 16th day passes. Until now, we've been assuming without the base of Mikdash, it's mutter as soon as the day comes. When the base of Mikdash stands, you have to wait for the carbon to be brought. Rabbi Yehuda is saying, no, 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 no. Without the base of Mikdash, when it's mutter with the day, it means it's mutter until the day passes. So actually, it's usher me'ikra din without the base of Mikdash, it's usher until the day of the 16th is over. Really hold like him. He certainly argues it. Don it says in the Mishnah, after the base of Mikdash was destroyed, made a takana. He institutes that the whole day of waving is Asr. Amar you don't need a takana for that. Hello, who It's Asr by Torah law. Essentially, it's Asr. Rabbi Yudah says that means until the day is over. So why is it? How could we say that Rabbi Yudah is going like Rabbi Yudah? They're arguing, right? Rabbi Yudah says, I'm making an institution that it's Asr. And Rabbi Yudah says, I'm, what are you talking about institutions? It's Asr Me'ekar Adin. So the Gemara says, no, Hasr Rabbi Yudah the Katai, he was just making a mistake about what Rabbi Yudah and Zakai meant. He thought that if Rabbi Yudah and Zakai was making a takana, it means that it was like a takana midrabana. That it was like, oh, now we have to be concerned for something happening, so we make a takana that it's Asr. But that's not really the truth of what was going on. Rabbi Yudah and Zakai was actually darshaning that midaraisa is Asr the entire day of the 16th for exactly the reason that Rabbi Yudah said, because that Esamayom means until the day is over. Frak the Gemara, what about the language? The language says, Hahiskin Kitani. It says that he institutes. The language of instituting doesn't mean that's a dindar isa. So the Gemara says, My Hiskin Darash Vahiskin. It means he expounded and therefore he instituted. Meaning the point is, really, it is a dindar isa. It just took him a while to make the drasha. So the Gemara, let's just make a summary. When the base of Mikdash stands, avads of the carbon, the carbon is what's ma'atzer, the new grain. When the base of Mikdash does not stand, when is the new grain mutter? Without Rabbi Yudashita, it's mutter at daybreak of the 16th, and Rabbi Yudashita was making rabbinic legislation to wait until the end of the 16th. That was the first perspective of the Gemara for a case that the base of Mikdash would be rebuilt right at the night of the 16th, and the carbon wouldn't be brought until late in the day. And the second, or the other view is no, when the base of Mikdash does not stand, Rabbi Yudashita's opinion is that etzemayoyimazem means that it's Asr until the day of the 16th is complete. Completely over. Okay. Now we move to another takana, a very takana that we're very familiar with from learning Maseches Beitzah. It used to be that they would accept testimony for the new moon all day. What's all day? Which day? Day 30, right? Day 30, the entire day witnesses would come. If we accept them, day 30 is really day one of the next month. It occurred that once the witnesses were late in coming, the Levim song is saying the wrong song. And we'll see what exactly the mistake that they made. So this is Rosh Hashanah, okay? So the issue here is, it was the 30th day of Elul. We didn't know if it was really that 30th of Elul or the 1st of Tishrei. The Adam came, the Adam came sing, so late that the Levim already sing. Hiskino, they made a Takana We only accept witnesses until Mincha time. After Mincha, even if Adam come, we won't accept them. What happens then if the Adam come? Let's say they do show up from Mincha time and on. We observe that day as being holy and the following day as being holy. A very interesting thing. Once people, remember, you go into the 30th day, you don't know if it's going to be Rosh Hashanah. You don't know if witnesses will come. 
So you, you observe it as Rosh Hashanah. So if Edom come too late in the day for us to be Makabah them. So we know that tomorrow is Rosh Hashanah. We still don't let work continue to go. We still say that we observe that day as holy. So you have a two-day Rosh Hashanah that has nothing to do with Sveik Adiyoma. We know the day it is tomorrow, but we still observe that first day as holy as well. Mishachar Beis HaMikdash, now that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, so we don't have the problem of Levim singing the wrong song. We still have a basin being Mekadosh Levana, but we don't have the Levim singing. So that we should accept testimony about the new month all day. So now we go back to the Maker Adin. There's no reason to push the Edom away. Rabbi Yochum is Mesachan and Yavne that will accept the entire, will Except witnesses the whole day. And it makes sense because the whole problem was the Levium messing up in the song. So if that problem goes away, then we don't have an issue. It's a fascinating thing that that one song of Levium is what caused this whole mess. Taisha struggles. What about the carbonus? You know, you know, once you bring the carbonatomid, you can't bring the musafim. So the musafim can't be brought. So Taisha says, no, maybe we could say that the Isra of bringing carbonus after the carbon tomid, that they were able to override in order for the community to bring the carbon musafim of Rosh Hashanah. We were able to work around everything. But the one thing we couldn't fix is that the Levium song that accompanied when the Levium sing the song at the wine libations with the carbon tomid. That song that the Levium would sing, we can't fix. You can't fix the song. Well, we'll song, we'll song. And therefore, that's just uh, such a big problem that we have to institute that if Edom cannot be accepted from Mincha Olamayla, forcing Rosh Hashanah to be the next day. So the Gemara explores what exactly was the mistake. My Kilkul, Kilkul Avim Bashir. In what way did they make a mistake? In Bavel, they said, They didn't sing at all. Meaning, the problem was that they didn't know if it was going to be Rosh Hashanah. They didn't know if witnesses were going to come. So since they didn't know if it was going to be Rosh Hashanah or not, so they, they like... They, they felt inhibited from doing anything. If they would sing the weekday song, maybe it would be Rosh Hashanah. If they would sing the Rosh Hashanah song, maybe it would be the weekday. So therefore, they just simply didn't sing. And that itself was the problem. The problem was that they didn't sing. Rabbi Zera Amar, No, the problem was that they did sing. They sang the wrong song. They sang the weekday song. And then the, once the Edom came and it was in and out retroactively to Rosh Hashanah, they really should have Song the Rosh Hashanah song. Okay, so that's what we see over here. There's a famous problem, very famous kasha that the tour has, which is that you see over here that the Iker singing of Levim was by the Tamit Shabbat Harabai, right? That's when the afternoon Tamit. The problem is, is that we have an institution of saying Shir Shoyom, which for some reason the tour says we only do in the morning davening, but not in the afternoon davening. Like, well, well, how did that come to me? The Torah struggles with this point. Very strange idea. We see over here the whole discussion was because of the wrong song, the wrong song of the Tamash Shabbat Arbaim. That was the whole point. That's why the Takana is, if by Mincha time they hadn't been there, now it's for sure we're not going to accept them or not because it was all about the wrong song by Mincha. Yet by us, by Mincha, there's no Shisha yet. Funny thing. Okay. So the Gemara now, as we, so we have a dispute, what was the mistake? Is the mistake that they didn't sing at all, or is the mistake that they sang the weekday songs? So Amalek Rebzeir Lahava Berei, Rebzeir said to his son Ava, Puktani Luhu, go out and teach this bride in Bavel. They were misakin, this is the language of the bride, so they were misakin, that Basin should not accept testimony of the new month. Unless there was enough time during the day. Enough, day, enough time to bring the Tamid and the Musafim with the right wine libations. And to say the, the, the songs without Shibush. What does the word Shibush mean? Shibush means like a, a bad mistake. So, if you would say that what they did was they sang the wrong song, that could be the mistake that was made, the shibush. If you say that they didn't sing at all, my shibush ika. That's not a shibush. If you don't sing anything, is that a shibush? No, you just didn't do what you needed to do. But a shibush implies, the Gemara thinks the language of shibush is like 
you messed it up. So the Gemara is saying you wouldn't use that language if, the, if you didn't sing at all. So for the fact that the Brizer uses the language of Shibush, we see it's a proof that they did sing and that they sang this weekday song. So the Gemara deflects the proof, pretty obvious way of deflecting it. Kivan Delo Amar Klaus, since they didn't say it at all, in the Chashibush Galdomizeh, there was no greater mistake. Meaning, who told you mistakes have to come and saying the wrong thing? Sometimes not doing anything is a mistake. Okay. Look, the Gemara, again, we're trying to bring proof. Proof to what? We want to bring proof to a story. What was the story which was the catalyst for why we made the Zakana not to accept witnesses from Minchanan? Was it the, that what happened was they didn't sing at all because they didn't know if it was Rosh Hashanah or that they sang the weekday song? So, Masiv, Rav The morning Talmud of Rosh Hashanah is always done to the regular the regular way. What does that mean? An interesting point. That means even if, we, if it is Rosh Hashanah, we always sing the week, regular weekday song. There were no special songs that came with the, tamid, the morning Tamid on Rosh Hashanah. Why not? It's Rosh Hashanah. Why don't you sing a special song for Rosh Hashanah? The answer is, is that most years, you didn't, the Edom hadn't come by the Tamid Shoshachar. Remember, Edom have to come during the day. So you see the new moon when, let's say, during the night of the earth, and you come to the court and we testify. So by the time of Shachar, you do it with such alacrity right away in the morning. And most years, we didn't have evidence it was Rosh Hashanah. So since most years we didn't know it was Rosh Hashanah, we institute that no matter what, we always sing the weekday song at the morning Tamil. Okay, fine. But the Musaf, my woman, what about at Musaf? Right? And, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What do you say at Musaf? And this is all a capital pe'alif. This is this happens to be that this is the the what was what we say at the Shir Shayom of Thursday, but it's very specific to Musaf of Rosh Hashanah because it talks about Tikkun So that was the song that was at Musaf. What about with the afternoon Tamar on Rosh Hashanah? What do you say? Kol Hashem Yachil Midbar. So this is from Tehillim Chavtes, which talks about that they would blow the shofar, right, with the uh, Ma'an Torah. So, so Kol Hashem Yachil Midbar is a reference to that. So it makes sense that that should be said on Rosh Hashanah. Fine. So morning Tamid, regular Shir Shayom. Musaf, the capital Pe'alev. And at Mincha, capital Chavtes. So what happens if Rosh Hashanah is the fifth day of the week? If Rosh Hashanah is Thursday. Now, why is that a hard one? Because anyways, the Thursday Shir Shayom is Pe'alev. So that's the one that you normally sing at Musaf, special for Rosh Hashanah. But it's also the regular Thursday song. So then what do you do? What, you're just going to sing it twice and, and during the morning and at Musaf? So we say like this. Since the regular song is, is going to be the same one, Shashir Shalom, Harninu Lukim Uzenu. The song is also the capital which has Harninu Hashem Uzenu. And so what, Lo Yomer Bashakas Harninu. They wouldn't say the regular song of Harninu on the morning. You're going to be forced to just repeat it at Musaf. It'd be weird to say Kapitol Payalif two times. So Elomau Omer, so what do you do? You start from the middle of the Kapitol. You, st- you, you still say Kapitol Pe'alif, but not from the beginning. You, pick, you start from the Pesukim, Hasirosi Misevel Shechmo. You pick up in the middle, which is a funny thing. And then, and then in Bo'e Demachar Tamit Shoshachar, and on that Thursday Rosh Hashanah, if witnesses came after the morning Tamit, and now we're gonna, now we know it's Rosh Hashanah, Omer Harninu. So then, you would only, so then you would say Harninu with the morning Tamit, Even though there is a possibility that you might have to repeat it later. So meaning, if witnesses already came before the Tamit Shoshachar, and you know that you're gonna have to repeat it, so then you don't say the whole thing. Then you just start from the middle. You start from Hasirosim Yisei Veshechma. But 
if at the time that it's the morning Talmud, you don't know if witnesses are going to come, which is probably most years, if a Rosh Hashanah, most years the Eidim haven't come. And it's Thursday. So you're not sure what to do. On the one hand, if I sing the whole capital, Eidim might come in a few hours and I'm going to repeat the whole thing. That might be weird. But on the other hand, if Adam don't, if, 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 Adam, if I'm thinking Adam might come, so therefore I'm going to pick up only from the middle now, and then later I'm going to repeat it, that's all good if Adam come. But what if Adam don't show up? So then I didn't say the whole Shir Shoyom today that I was supposed to do. So what would they do? They would just say the whole thing. They would, just, they would run the risk. They would say the whole thing. Okay, so again, let's make sure we understand the predicament. It's Thursday and it's Rosh Hashanah. So the, definitely, capital pay Aleph is the right Shir Shoyom. But if it's going to be Rosh Hashanah, then it's going to be weird to repeat it. So the price says, risk it. If you don't know, just risk it. Just say the whole thing. If you knew for sure it's going to be Rosh Hashanah, you would pick up in the middle. But if you don't know, then just risk it. Just say, just do the whole thing. And if you end up repeating, you'll end up repeating it. So yeah. If you see that, that if you don't know what to do, you just go like a, pretend it would be a regular chol. And until you know it's Rosh Hashanah, you do like chol. So that makes sense why you're risking it. That's why they would, they, they, when it, it was Rosh Hashanah Thursday and they didn't know if it was going to be Rosh Hashanah or not, they would sing the whole thing. Because if you, unless you know it's Rosh Hashanah, assume what to do just like you would do on the weekday. And that would make sense then, like the version of the opinion that said nothing to do with when it was Thursday. But when it was a regular Rosh Hashanah on, uh, on, in the afternoon and they didn't know... If the, if the Talmud was being brought on Rosh Hashanah or not, they sing the weekday song. But if you say whenever the Levim don't know what to do, they just don't sing, my Omer Vakoflo. Why would the Tana say that in the morning, if they didn't know if it was going to be Rosh Hashanah on Thursday, they should say the whole thing and risk it, even though they might repeat it? Why didn't they just not sing anything? They should just like be stuck and not sing. So they were saying a very interesting proof. Again, we want to know what they did in the afternoon Talmud when they didn't know if it was going to be Rosh Hashanah. Were they not singing at all, or did they sing the weekday song? So the Gemara is drawing a parallel. When Rosh Hashanah is Thursday, and there's an issue in the morning Talmud, should I, if, if it won't be Rosh Hashanah, I should say the entire Kapitol Pe'alaf. And if it will be Rosh Hashanah, if it is, will be Rosh Hashanah today, I should only say half of Kapitol Pe'alaf, so now I won't repeat it twice. So then we see that the Brisa says, risk it. Just assume it won't be Rosh Hashanah, and just say the whole Kapitol Pe'alaf. So the Gemara is assuming that's a parallel to the Levium not knowing what to do in the afternoon Talmud in that time when Adam didn't come. If you don't know if it's Rosh Hashanah, do I assume it's not? Or do I not know? So I just don't say. So if the price here says in the morning Talmud, that's Thursday, if I don't know if it's going to be Rosh Hashanah, I should assume it's not and therefore say the whole capital pay Aleph. Presumably, the Levium in the afternoon Talmud, when they didn't know if it was Rosh Hashanah, presumably they would risk it and go with the whole one as well. And the Gemara says, come on, it's not a good comparison. Shani Asam, Deshira, Deyome. Here, when it's Rosh Hashanah, it's Thursday, you're definitely saying the right words. It's appropriate. It's the Shir Shalyom. Whether it's Rosh Hashanah or a regular Chol, it's Kapitol Pei Aleph is appropriate. The question just is, if I say the whole Kapitol now, then I'll repeat it later and it'll be weird that I repeated the same Kapitol. But let it be weird that I've repeated the same Kapitol, but it's still appropriate. Masha Inka and the Levian by the afternoon Talmud, when they didn't know if it was Rosh Hashanah, so there, if they would sing the weekday one, it would be wrong. So maybe that was they, that they were totally inhibited and they didn't sing at all. So the Gemara has defended the opinion that perhaps we don't sing.